Okay. We're going. Hello, everyone. Zibby zabby zoo. This is Known Unknowns, the podcast. Welcome, everyone. I'm Carly. I'm Harry. But you know that. I hope. I hope by now you know that. I hope by now you know us. 49 episodes in. Yeah, seriously. What is this, 50? No, this is 49. this is 49. Dang it. Next episode's the big 50th episode spectacular. That'll be my super-sode. Oh, yeah. Just kidding. That'll be a bonus episode, Episode everyone. 49A, the super-sode. Super-sode 1. Yeah, remember when I said I would do that last week? I didn't. I know. I didn't buy soup. I'll save the cans of... I have two cans of soup in the pantry right now. I ha- I'll save them. Save the cans. Okay. And I'll have those to read from. But I need to buy other soup that I really like. Okay. Well, buy, buy some soup. I could just Google it and find the nutrition facts there and stuff, but it wouldn't why be would same. I do that if I, they can't hear the clinking of yeah. the cans? People want to know that you're holding the can, holding the soup in your hand. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking, you know? Whether it be in a can or a bowl or just loose liquid spilling through <laughs> your fingers onto yeah. the floor, shorting out all of, your, all of the recording equipment. And who doesn't just want to listen to me for a day? No? Is that a rhetorical question? What? I would love to just listen a... to you for a day. Oh, that's sweet. So I'm not allowed on the soup-a-sode? No, you're not allowed on the soup-a-sode. You don't like soup. <laughs> Man, we discussed this, and I am appalled that you would even ask to be on my soup-a-sode. Girls only on the soup-a-sode. Shut up, that's not it. Soup lovers only on the freaking soup-a-sode. Sir. I don't want to be on your soup-a-sode anyway. Good. I don't want you on it. Um, so, anything new? What's happening? Um, we, uh, what's, what is happening? Uh, our, the notorious RBG passed away. Yeah. I'm sad about it. Do we have to talk about it? No, we don't. I've been I'd trying to stay didn't. off social media. <laughs> yeah, it's bad hasn't. out there. It's not <laughs> weird out there anymore, folks. It's bad out there. Yeah, don't. Yeah, I, no, no one wants to hear my correct opinions about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well. I'm not telling you what they are, but rest assured, they're the right ones. They're the right ones. <laughs> Yeah, I usually don't do this where I just try to stay off social media completely. Um, but I but I have because I'm just depressed. That's that's it. I'm just depressed. Mm-hmm. Uh, and social media is making me sadder. And I don't want to think about the election, which is weird because I'm usually very passionate about it. I'm still going to vote. You should all vote. Yeah, everyone um, should vote. I'm going to vote. I vote anytime I can vote. I believe in voting. Vote often. Yeah. Vote early, vote often. Vote as many times as they'll let you. But I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to. Over. Yeah. I I am really. uh, Carly is fully, fully grill pilled over here. Yeah. I'm just over it. And then after. Yeah. The world is just a mess and I just don't want to hear about it all the time anymore. It makes me sad and whatever. Yeah. No one cares, though. People are suffering more than me. But I still don't want to be on social media, so I'm not really right now. I am on my crafting Instagram page. If you all want to follow me over there, Crafty Carly, 
craftycarly10 on Instagram. Uh, I'm on there because I like to watch nail polish swatches all day. And by all day, I mean all day. I watch nail polish swatches all day at work, and then I come home and I watch YouTube nail polish swatches. Because I watch the Instagram swatches in nail art and, like... Uh, like stamping is fun to watch. Uh, mm-hmm. so that's all I've been doing. That's all I've been taking in. I'm all not right. kidding. You know it's true. You hear it all the time. I I do. I am I am well aware. Yeah, it's all day, every day. <laughs> when I should be doing other things like preparing for this podcast, just know I'm watching nail polish swatches. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. So. Yeah. Sorry, I shouldn't I shouldn't mess with things. No, I wasn't I wasn't looking at that. Uh I uh miss seeing people. Actually, I don't want to get into this. I'm depressed. What's <laughs> okay. what's new and fun? What's new and fun? Yeah. Uh it's the this this episode is coming out on the the 21st of September. The 21st night of September. It's Fall. like the song. Oh. It's fall, right? Uh, yeah, it is. It's fall now. It's officially officially autumn. Oh, we didn't do anything for it. Oh yeah, we didn't. Whatever. I had a doctor's appointment today, and then I took a nap. So <laughs> it's also I took a nap and I painted my nails. That's another reason this episode is. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> it's gonna be something. Uh, yeah, I just woke up from a nap, and then I and then I painted my nails. Mm-hmm. Uh, because it made me happy. Good. Um, I'm using Hollow Taco, Play Rosé. Only the uh, cool people out there will know any of those words. I know. I I know Hollow. I know Taco. I know Play, and I know Rosé. Okay. All of all of the words. All right. Well. Uh. Uh. Luckily, we've been getting some days off at work. That's good. That's good. I'm really getting tired of it there. <laughs> Again, this is going really sad. Let's talk about something happy. Should we just start in? Uh, sure, yeah. yeah. Let's do, just let's start do in? that. Do the stuff. Do I what just the people came here for. I feel like this is going to be kind of a shorter one. Oh, okay. Is your story short? It's not. It's, it's not the shortest. Mine isn't the shortest either. Okay. So it'll be an average length episode. Good. Right? I think so. Okay. I would assume. And it would go, let's give the give the people what they came here for. Yeah, give them what they want. I don't really want. have anything to talk about. Good. <laughs> Whoa. Rude. I'm sorry. All right. So my sources are so all of my all of this stuff came from chicagohauntings.com, which I'm pretty sure is a blog about a from a paranormal investigator. Cool. But all the other articles I read matched up with everything this person said. Okay. So I don't think he's wrong because everything. I, I mean, uh, path. We're all repeating his lies. Yeah. Path dot com and choose Chicago dot com. Ooh. So it's a Chicago it's a one, lo- folks. Local news. Yeah. I'm gonna talk about the Congress Hotel in Chicago. Ooh. Do you know anything about the Congress Hotel in Chicago? I know that it is haunted. It is. That's what I'm going to talk about. When I was a couple of people, uh, I think my my first year at Columbia, a couple people in one of my classes like did did spent the night there and like made a little short documentary about the hauntings and stuff. 
Well, people really? from my uh, location sound class. I didn't know that. That's I cool. don't know if they actually. What I don't know what they filmed or what and stuff hmm. or but they they. Were I want to stay there one night. I really do. <laughs> no, I really do. Okay. Have a little little romantic getaway at the Congress just Hotel. You and me and the ghosts. Yeah. Or just you and the ghosts, if you'd prefer. No, I want you there. I can't do it without someone who doesn't believe in them. <laughs> uh, sorry if I'm sniffling a lot. My allergies are like destroying me. <laughs> I'm like really stuffed up. Hmm. I'm also not feeling very good. I ate a burger today from Shake Shack, which I don't really like bread. But they have gluten-free buns, so I decided to just try it. Oh, never mind. Thinking about this food is making me want to throw up. And I think it made me sick. I think something in it. (laughs) They had a really good pumpkin shake. Okay. That was good. That's good. Um, But yeah. It cost me like $8 for that tiny burger, and it made me sick. So So if that that's why I'm just Debbie Downer today. Yeah. <sighs> Sniffles. Um. Anyway, I like this topic because I really want to stay at this hotel, and it's so close. Like it's in Chicago. Mm-hmm. You know. Ooh, we should when we stay there, we should like record there and do <sighs> do an episode yeah. about our stay at the Congress Hotel. We could do like an Instagram live. Yeah, we could do something like that too. Do you too. guys want to? Do you guys want us to do that? That'd be fun. <laughs> that would be fun. That would be fun. Shoot. Oh, man. Okay, wait. <laughs> we'll just do a whole, yeah. a, full, a, a day's worth of content from the Congress Hotel. Yeah. I think it'd be fun. I want to do like an Instagram live of us at like a cemetery yeah. and like tell stories about the cemetery, like the haunted cemetery tombstones and stuff. Okay. That'd, That'd be, be good. fun. It oh. would be fun. Anyway. So let's get into this. Okay. Ready? Yes. Okay. One of Chicago's largest and oldest hotels, the Congress, was originally named the Auditorium Annex when it was built to house visitors to the to the Columbian Exposition, the transformative World's Fair of 1893. The name referenced the Auditorium Theater across Congress Parkway, an acoustically magnificent structure. Oh, hang on. <laughs> Blessings oh, upon God. you. I'm trying to make sure that it didn't. Okay, it was like way too loud. I, I turned around. Okay. Uh, sorry. The name referenced the Auditorium Theater across Congress Parkway, an acoustically magnificent structure designed by blockbuster architectural duo Dankmar Adler and Louis Sullivan. Louise. Ooh. Louis Louis Sullivan. Louis, oh, frick. Or Louis. Actually, I don't know if it's Louis or Louis. The Annex's original North Tower was was designed by Clinton Warren, but Adler and Sullivan oversaw its development. Um, Adler is related to the Adler planet. That's what I was was thinking, because I'm like, Adler, that's not, is that a common name? I don't know. Um, These are the kinds of things I should know. But Adler and Sullivan oversaw its development, including the addition of Peacock Alley, now shuttered. What does now shuttered mean? It's that doesn't uh, exist. Yeah, it's closed up. Okay. Is Peacock Alley an alley? Or Peacock is it- Alley is an ornate marble tunnel which runs under Ooh. the street, joining the theater and the hotel. 
Which is so cool. Yeah. I'm really mad that this tunnel is just closed off. I'm like, what? I want that. This cool marble tunnel that connects the hotel and the theater. That's That's really really, awesome. Yeah. That's really cool. Open that back up. Yeah. I'm really upset about it. When I read that, I was like, wait, what? Why would they tell me this and yeah. not be able to provide it for me? It's going to tell us, just going to tease us with this peacock alley? Yeah, I want this freaking peacock alley. I want to see your peacock alley. Yeah, I know. Me too. Um, later in the early 20th century, the firm of Holabird, Holabird and Roche, what? Nothing. Do you know it? <laughs> No, okay. I don't. Design the South Tower, completing the current structure, which houses more than 800 rooms. Wow. Wow. Um, the South Tower construction included a magnificent banquet hall, now known as the Gold Room, which would become the first hotel ballroom in America to use air conditioning. Wow. Another ballroom, called the Florentine Room, was added to the North Tower in 1909. These two famous public rooms combined with the Elizabethan room and the Pompeian room to host Chicago's elite social events of the day. So a lot of my information came from this blog. So don't hurt me if you have read this before. (laughs) Uh, On June 15, 2003, members of the Unite Here local staff at the Congress began to strike after, began a strike after the hotel froze employee wages and revoked key benefits, including health insurance and retirement plans. So right now I'm just giving you kind of a background of the Congress. Okay. Though the long months and years, the strikers have won countless, through the long months and years, the strikers have won countless supporters, uh, their cause garnering momentum around the world. Even future president... From Barack Obama and Illinois Governor uh, Patrick Quinn walked uh, their walked their picket line. Oh, I didn't know that. Uh, while the skeleton crew that continued to punch the clock was reported to have pocketed wages of more than thirty percent below the national standard, the strike went on to claim the fort. Uh, the fortunate honor is the longest hotel strike in history, leaving in its wake a hotel haunted by pulled proms, boycotted conventions, and an estimated loss of $700 million in revenue. How long did the strike last? I don't know. Okay. I didn't look into that. Okay. This isn't, that's not that story. Okay. <laughs> that's a story for another time. Yeah. That's some info we'll give you uh, straight from... The Congress Hotel. Mm, Good idea. (laughs) Uh, The ghosts of the Congress are everywhere. That that just randomly is stated, I guess. This next sentence has nothing really to do with that. Grover Cleveland, William McKinley, Teddy Roosevelt, William Howard Taft, Woodrow Wilson, Warren Harding, Calvin Coolidge, and Franklin Roosevelt all made the Congress their base of operations while in Chicago leading to the hotel's longtime uh, moniker, the Home of Presidents. <laughs> in 1912, President Theodore Roosevelt That's announced his new, what? Nothing. I was going to say, that's the White House, you silly goofs. announced his new bull moose platform <laughs> in the Florentine Ballroom. And in 1932, the hotel served as headquarters for Franklin Roosevelt and his Democratic Party. 
A few years later, Benny Goodman broadcast his widely popular radio show from the hotel's Urban Room, a posh nightclub that drew the city's most coveted clientele. Ooh. And in 1971, oh, hang on. Okay. President Richard Nixon addressed the Midwest chapters of the AARP and National Retired Teachers Association, speaking before no less than 3,000 members and guests in the hotel's Great Hall. For years, Al Capone played cards every Friday night in a meeting room overlooking Grant Park. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and rumors abound, though most certainly false, that he even owned the Congress for a while. <laughs> what is true is that J Jake Greasy Thumb, <laughs> the Greasy Thumb in parentheses, Gusick phoned Capone in Palm Island, Florida from a phone in the Congress Plaza before and after the St. Valentine's Day Massacre. Ooh. Um, let me see. Uh, the stories that echo the tale of James Kennedy, a New York man who checked in alone in May. So these are kind of depressing stories. I'm just going to say <laughs> okay. that there's some... Uh, a trigger warning here. There's some stories of uh, a suicide if you don't want to hear some detail. Not like gruesome details, but details of what they did, mm -hmm. what happened. So I would not tune in any further, really. <laughs> okay. Uh, <laughs> um, let me see here. Alone. Checked in alone in May of 1910. He went to his room cut the dry cleaner's identification tags out of his clothes, burned his papers, walked to the lake, and shot himself. Later the same year. So these are just kind of like things that are kind of unfortunate. Okay. Not kind of. I like unfortunate that happened at the hotel because there's probably forces in there is what forces. they think. Okay. Yeah. Um, let's see. Later that same year, an insurance salesman, Andrew Mack, called on a friend at his Congress Plaza hotel room before also walking to the lake and drowning himself at the foot of B Van Buren Street. There was, the there was the salesman who threw himself down an elevator shaft, the drifter who jumped off the roof of the North Tower, and the troubled family man who hanged himself from a cupboard hook. All bummers. Yeah, I know. In the summer of 1916, mining investor Morse Davis and his wife were believed to have formed a suicide pact when Davis was found dead in their Congress Hotel Room 312 of cyanide poisoning. Mm -hmm. uh, his wife was also at death's door, but oh. alive. Oh. She claimed they had taken the cyanide by accident, having confused it with Epsom salts. Hmm. But a few days later, broke and staying at St. Mary's Mission House on Peoria Street, she tried to throw herself out a three-story, a third-story window and was promptly sent to a psychiatric hospital. That's, that's not a high enough story, Mrs. Moore, Miss Davis, Mrs. Okay. whatever. Uh, in August of 1939, Adele Langer, a Prague native, threw her young sons, Carell, or Car Carell and Jan, Carol and Jan, I don't know, from a 13th floor window in the Congress Hotel. This is kind of a famous story. The 13th floor. Wow. Yeah. Well, this is kind of a famous story because okay. everyone knows about the woman who threw her kids out a window. 
Uh, Langer's widower described the family's despair as being forced to flee Nazi influence in their hometown, leaving behind home and family. In August of 1950, a guest shot a Congress employee and then himself when the staff member came into the guest room to collect a $104 hotel bill for the jobless and distraught border. In May of 1966, Rockford attorney Frederick Hay was found naked and strangled with his shirt, his wrists, and feet bound with his own socks. That sounds like a murder case they should investigate. No, he did that to him. He, uh, he did that to himself. He was the ghosts. He, he tied his own sock feet up with his socks and wrists, and then he strangled himself. So here's a long list of so these are those were unfortunate events that happened. Okay. But a lot of unfortunate events seem to happen in this hotel room God. is what the point was trying to be. Uh, oh, and wait, and this and just oh, are those this Those weren't all, all the same room, were they? No. Okay. It was just in the hotel. In the hotel. Okay. So, here's a list of just accidents that have happened. Oh my. An elevator operator at the auditorium annex fell 70 feet to the subfloor, dying on impact. In July of 1926, a Galesburg woman, Mrs. Harriet Hansen, staying at the Congress with her husband before a planned European excursion, took a wrong step and plunged six stories down an elevator shaft to the hotel basement. The Florentine Room, an ornately painted ballroom, was originally also used as a roller rink when the hotel opened to World's Fair visitors in eighteen in the 1890s. Security guards say that on their wee hour rounds, cheerful organ music can still be heard from outside the locked doors, as well as the sound of old wooden skate wheels against the wooden floors. The piano is known to play by itself, and the woman may be heard screaming outside, and a woman may be heard screaming outside a staff door on the east side of the room. The women's restroom is likewise haunted by a female presence who appears in the mirrors, staring at the living and following them out down the hallway. I think we're now to hauntings. <laughs> it sounds like it. I was waiting to hear what the roller skating accident was. Yeah, me too. <laughs> <laughs> okay i read all of this too before i decided to read it so i don't okay. know this was before my nap so okay. i was really sleepy <laughs> got it in the lavish gold room a hot spot for chicago wedding receptions bride and grooms are often chilled by photographers photos those snapped around the grand piano Uh-oh. tend to develop with one or more people missing from the pictures. Oh. And the doors tend to be found unlocked no matter how often they are securely uh, locked. The ballroom closed. doors or other doors? I think ballroom doors. Okay. I don't know. In the South Tower, there is the phantom who lingers at the fifth floor passenger elevator, where moaning is frequently heard by guests awaiting its arrival. The third floor hallways are home to a one-legged man, often (laughs) reported, I think uh, they call him like Peg Leg Jimmy or Peg Leg Johnny or something like that. Okay. Um, Because everyone, people get, uh, apparently, well, here. Um third floor home to a one-legged man often reported to the front desk by guests who think a vagrant has found his way inside <laughs> so he apparently people reported all the time thinking that like some There's homeless guy just got into the hotel right because he has one leg 
And apparently that means they can't afford to stay at the Congress Hotel. <laughs> well, if he can't, if he can only afford one leg. Okay. Uh, one former hotel operator who worked the property in the 1940s remembers a resident with a wooden leg who always had a big smile and a big tip who suffered a heart attack at breakfast during his res- residency mm. and died. He wasn't ready to check out. No. Also in the South Tower, a young boy of about 10 has been a prolific presence, running up and down the halls in knee breeches, breeches, <laughs> knee breeches, uh-huh. and high button boots. Guessing at his identity, some tie him to one of the many families who made their homes in the hotel in years gone by, and the all-too-common deaths of from then-incurable illness, uh, tuberculosis and pneumonia. As for sleeping rooms, only one guest room in the South Tower is reported to be haunted. Mm -hmm. The South Tower was like the later edition, I think. Room 905, where constant phone static has uh, bedeviled guests for years. But the North Tower, let's get into that. Okay. In room 474, a once-resident judge eternally changes the channels on his cherished television set. I don't know what that sentence has anything to do with anything. A judge, there's a, it's haunted haunted by by a judge judge. and he keeps changing the channels. Okay. In room 759, another, another resident pulls the door shut from the inside when guests try to enter. (laughs) It is said that he was an elderly gentleman, a longtime resident, whose son had come to take him to a nursing home many years ago. (laughs) Wanting to stay put at the hotel, he mustered the strength to try to keep his son and security guards from opening the door. (laughs) Even now, he remains determined to live in the Congress forever. (laughs) Just let him live there. Just don't bother him anymore. Just let him have that room. I know. And then there are the rooms that... Okay, so this is a quote from uh, the guy who wrote this blog post. Okay. And then there are the rooms that I promised the management not to number. Oh. So not to mention. Not to he did, tell them, not to tell people which particular rooms they are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not to say which numbers they are. Right. The room where the pictures on the wall rotate 360 degrees before the eyes of astonished residents. Ooh. The room where an impromptu exorcism was held on some unidentified Chicago winter's night not so long ago, before the victim was moved to a local covent. Hmm. Convent. Covent. Convent. Convent. Shit. There is the room fled by two Marines in 1989, running through the lobby in their boxer shorts at 3 a.m., with the later explanation that a towering black figure had entered the room from the closet and approached their beds. (laughs) The room where a... And the room where a woman slit her wrists in the bathtub after a night on Rush Street in the 1970s, who is said to still be glimpsed during the night by wearing border, by weary, wary borderers. And then there is the room. The room. The room. The room. Okay. Rumors have long flown that it was a room here at the Congress Hotel Plaza that partly inspired writer Stephen King to create his short story, 1408. Okay. The story is a gripping tale of a professional and skeptical ghost hunter who meets his match in a mysterious hotel room, 1408, 
said to be too haunted to lease. Unbelieving, the man, the young man, convinces the hotel manager to let him have the room for a night, though the previous tenants uh, all took their own lives during their stays in it. The real life 1408 was always believed to exist on the Congress's most haunted floor, the 12th floor of the older North Tower. Mm -hmm. Some point to a room which is padlocked and say that's the one. Others say it's the one that's been boarded up. Still, others claim you can't even place it anymore. It's been uh, papered over to remove any sign that it was ever there. Mm -hmm. The room does, in fact, remain, but it's not on the 12th floor. If it still had a number, the room would be number 666. (laughs) At some point in time, the spot where the room's door should be was drywalled over a piece of... Hang on. My page moved for some reason. Oh, no. Uh Uh-oh. Hang on. Hang on, everyone. Uh Uh-oh. Oh, Oh, no. Oh. You're close. Okay. At some point in time... The spot where, so it was, uh, okay, wait. Spot where the room's door should be was drywalled over a piece of baseboard patched in to connect the wood where the doorway once stood. The lintel lintel above the old doorway is indeed still quite visible. Some have ventured that this room was simply put out of use because of its stigmatized number. But there is definitely more to this story. Though no staff member claims to remember why this room was sealed off forever, window washers tell us it was closed up with the furniture still inside, Mm. almost as if the objects in the room were believed to be cursed. Are they? Apparently, they've been getting so, they were getting like so many reports of blah, 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 haunted stuff happening in there that Mm -hmm. they just completely drywalled over the room. So now it goes 665-667? I guess. So, yeah, that one was boarded up because it was too haunted to stay in, apparently. <laughs> oh, oh, well, that, that's responsible of them. Mm-hmm. Over the, it is weird that they drywalled over a room door mm-hmm. with, the fur, with all the furniture still inside. They were like, let's just board <laughs> up this room. Yeah. Creepy. It is strange. Uh, so this is a quote from the guy who wrote the blog, The Paranormal Investigator. I'll find it in a second. His okay. name. Over the past 30 years, I've had my own harrowing moments at the Congress Hotel. There was the morning I was awoken by the sound of the shower blasting full force, steam filling the bathroom. Though I could barely get a trickle and little warmth when I tried to take a bath there, uh, tried to take a bath. There was the night... Uh, my worst fear as a ghost hunter came true. The sheets and blankets were peeled off me by unseen hands as I slept. Oh, man. Then came the well, night... Blankets are spo- what's supposed to keep you safe from ghosts and monsters. I know. If they if they can get through those, then you're in bad shape. I know. <laughs> then came the night of incessant knocking. As we came to christen it, more than a dozen times through the night, someone rapped three times on our door, but no one stood by. And then there was the night my daughter and I were kept awake, chillingly, by the sound of two men whispering at the foot of our bed. Are they still awake? That's terrifying. (laughs) That would not be fun to hear. That would not be something I would want. 
So here's two more fun little stories about the hotel. Okay. So for decades, the ghost of Al Capone has been reported in the hotel's bar and lobby. The hotel was a known hangout for the notorious gangster who held his business meetings there. Several of Capone's business associates and friends, also known as the most dangerous criminals in the city's history, lived in the hotel throughout the 1920s and 30s. It's reported that the corridors beneath the hotel were used for smuggling, among other dark deeds. And then there's room 441. Guests staying in this room make more calls to security and the front desk than those staying in any other room in the hotel. People staying in room 441 report seeing the dark figure of a woman who kicks them awake. (laughs) Isn't that really weird that they frequently get guests who are like, there's a woman in here kicking me awake. (laughs) Maybe there is a woman in there kicking them awake. Guests also report seeing objects moving and hearing terrifying noises. So people also think that this room possibly um, inspired the 1408 Stephen King, a short story. Okay. Um, that's about all I got. Okay. So there were weird, there were conflicting reports of whether 666 room was mm-hmm. boarded over or if the 441. But the 441 room, you can still... Because in some websites I read, it said that it's a highly requested room to stay in. <laughs> so I believe it's still, who that would, one just, you know. Who wouldn't want to get kicked awake by a strange woman in the night? Yeah. I, I mean, I it's like that. the most haunted one. So people well, request yeah. to stay there all the time. And I feel like 666 was probably boarded up because no one wanted to stay in it. So they just or boarded it up. Everyone wanted to stay in it. Well, if everyone wants to stay in 441, why wouldn't they board that one up, too? Well, it's not as popular as 666. Uh, you, you get people, like, doing seances and, like, burning, like, like pentagrams on the floor and stuff and doing all, like, satan and, like, smearing, like, ram's blood on the walls. No, I mean, I heard that I also read that, like, the cleaning people uh-huh. and other people that worked in the hotel just refused to go in there because it was so freaky. They didn't want to clean up all the ram's blood and, uh, Okay. Stuff. I bet it was scary. If yeah. it's actually haunted, 666 would absolutely be the most haunted I mean, room. That would be the most obvious one. Yeah. But, yeah, if I don't... If you're going to haunt a room, yeah, you should haunt that one. And if you want to haunt more rooms, you, you do that on the side as well. Mm-hmm. But we should stay in room 441. Four, four, or the room next to room 666. And yeah. And just, like, put a, in. put a cup up to the wall. Yeah. See if we hear any. So creepy that people have so many. But aren't there so many things that happen? Like normally when I think of or I try to like find a place that's haunted to talk about, it's like people experience weird feelings when they walk inside Mm -hmm. and they hear footsteps in the night. Like that's it. That's (laughs) all you can find is just weird feelings and then like footsteps and creaking when it's not mm-hmm. supposed to creak. Yeah. But like this one, it was like constant. There, there, People keep reporting a one-legged man on the 12th floor or people keep reporting this woman kicking them awake in room 441. Like how yeah. creepy is that? Some... If you keep getting a complaint like, hey, there's this one-legged man on the 12th floor, like mm-hmm. that's weird, it's right? some powerful vibes in there. Mm-hmm. I guess so. I mean, don't you think that's weird? I, that one I think is fun because I'm like, yeah, I bet that one is real. I bet people see a one-legged man. <laughs> Could be. What if there is just some homeless guy who sits there 
who hangs out. <laughs> and whenever the people who work there go up to try to find him, he's gone. He, <laughs> he is on a new, new floor. Right. It's like a chase to find him. <laughs> Does anyone else remember the most terrifying episode of Sweet Life of Zack and Cody where they stay in the haunted hotel room in uh, the hotel there? And uh, it's like really haunted and they do like a seance thingy and then uh, the bell... The bellboy or whatever the the bad guy is possessed by a woman and then they do like a yeah so they talk to this spirit through this woman and then in the end they find out that the bellboy and other people were just messing with people but then at the very end cody uh sees a woman in the room and he's talking to her and then she goes back into the picture on the wall Oh, it's giving me chills thinking about it. When I was little, I would watch it and it was the most terrifying thing. Like when it was on at night, I couldn't get to sleep afterwards. And I still think about how scary that episode of Sweet Life of Zack and Cody is. Oh, God, it was so scary. (laughs) It was really, it was scary, man. Oh, no. I'll have you, we'll watch it. Where's Sweet Life of Zack and Cody? Is that on Disney Plus? Uh, I don't know. Maybe. Really. I would rewatch that show. Okay. Such a good one. Yeah. Well, that's my story. Okay. This is a good one. I like it. I think, I think, yeah, we should, uh, there was something else I was going to say, but I think that we should definitely, yeah, do an, do an episode from the Congress Hotel. I don't think I'll be able to sleep, but it's fine. It's all right. We're going to be recording. Yeah. Okay. Hang on. Pee break. We're back. What's your story? I uh, we're gonna we're gonna take a little uh we're gonna go out into the nature for my story. Okay. Take a little walk in the walk in the w- wilderness. A little birdie oh. told me you're doing ghosty stuff too today. I'm taking us to Yosemite National Park. Yeah. California. I want to go there. Me too. Yosemite National Park is one of the world's most beautiful wilderness areas. Its 1,169 square miles are home to dramatic granite cliffs, waterfalls, mountains, glaciers, and giant sequoia groves. Mm. Four million people a year visit the park to take in its breathtaking vistas. Ansel Adams took many of his most famous photos at Yosemite. Uh, He said of the place, Yosemite Valley, to me, is always a sunrise, a glitter of green and golden wonder, and a vast edifice of stone and space. Mm. But, this picturesque Eden of geology and horticulture... Did you write that? ...has a dark side as well. (laughs) Wait, did you write that? That was good. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Damn. This is why he takes five hours to write. A paragraph, guys, because he writes it all himself. Deep in its glacier-sculpted <laughs> valleys, under the glittering clear lakes, behind trunks of ancient trees, there are mysteries inexplicable to even the most knowledgeable get backcountry trekker. Mm. I'm going to talk about a few of these. Ooh. Well, then we got to go there next. Yeah, for our, I know. For our next, <laughs> our next episode, let's go. Okay. All right. That'll be that'll be a little bit. You m- bought hiking more shoes. That's we right. bought some uh, backpacking day. No, we bought some uh, day hike backpacks. Right. Oh yeah, we're ready. We're ready. We're ready to tackle it. You and your injured, injured foot and yeah. injured arms. Yeah. He's doing a lot better, by the way. Everyone, his arms almost go completely straight now. <laughs> yep. It's great. Mm-hmm. Nearly there. Nearly mm-hmm. normal. Yeah. First up, 
Grouse Lake. Ew. What? It's a gross name. <laughs> Grouse Lake. Yeah, Grouse Lake. Grouse Lake. Grouse. <laughs> Sounds like grass, grout, gross. Grouse. Krause? Krause. Okay. Reminds me of sauerkraut. <laughs> anyway, just continue. Grouse is a kind of bird. It's a little, little Aww, birdie. Oh, birdie. Just anyway. continue. So, if you head northeast from the Chilnuwal... Chilnualna Falls Trailhead, uh, then turn east when the path forks and continue along that for another two and a half miles or so, you'll pass by a lake. Grouse Lake? Yes. Okay. A little under a thousand feet across at its widest. Mm-hmm. So, pretty big, but not like a, not big, not like a big lake. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Um, but before you catch a glimpse of it through the trees... You may hear sounds coming from it first. Uh-oh. Besides the usual wildlife sounds of things like waterfowl or frogs or maybe the bleat of a bighorn sheep coming down Cute. for a drink. <laughs> Cute. Another sound might stand out to you. A scream? Much, much as it did a scream. to Galen Clark back in 1857. A scream. A scream. What is it? Tell me. What is it? Yeah, like a... A scream? Yeah. Oh. Along those lines, yeah. All right, continue. I want to hear. So, Galen Clark is supposed to be the first European-American uh, to discover the giant Mariposa Grove of giant sequoia trees in the southern area of the park. Anyway. Okay. Um, and when the valley became protected by the federal government, he would become the first guardian of Yosemite and stay in that job for 24 years. <laughs> but on a different exploring trip... Before the area section, Galen Clark discovered a lake, mm -hmm. which he uh, quickly named Grouse Lake. Grouse Lake. Grouse Are there lake. lots of grouse eye there? I don't know. Did you say grouse eye? Yeah. Uh, Plural of grouse. <laughs> okay. Uh, there lots I, of grouses I, there. I would guess. I don't, I don't know. All right. But probably. I would. I would assume. Maybe it, he just. It just reminded him of a grouse. That's weird, but okay. I, I bet he saw a grouse while he was near it. Okay. Anyway, while he was there, in addition to seeing a grouse or something, he heard a wailing sound coming from somewhere nearby. Bigfoot. Bigfoot. He... It's Bigfoot. Oh, it's maybe. Bigfoot. Maybe. Uh, it could be. Just got to hear the rest of the story. Okay. Uh, he searched the surrounding woods, but was unable to locate the source of the sound. Uh, so he decided... Uh, to assume that the local native tribe, the Awanechi, had left behind a puppy while they were oh. going through earlier. And they, that that's what was crying out. Okay. But later that day, he met up with a few members of the tribe and told them about his travels. When he mentioned the lake and the lost puppy, uh -oh. um, the, the locals took on a different tone. <laughs> they said, bitch, They no. told him that what he'd heard was no puppy. No puppy, that's what I assumed. They told him of an old Awanechi legend oh, about shit. a young boy who wandered away from the tribe one day. Oh. All by himself, he went swimming in the lake, but got caught in a current and drowned before anyone realized he was gone. Oh, poor boy. Now, whenever the boy sensed someone coming near the lake, he would cry out for them oh. for help, leering them to the edge of the lake as they searched for the source of the cries. 
actually really sad. As they would stand by the edge, peering into the lake's depths, the boy would grab them by the legs and pull them into the lake, drowning them as well. What? Why? I don't know that why. That makes me sad. Yeah. Oh. I, I don't know why. <laughs> I don't know why he does that. I mean, I think that... I, I don't want to tell the Awanachi how to, how to make a legend, but I feel like... <laughs> It seems entirely likely to me that the the boy also was grabbed by some spirit in the lake, and that's why he drowned. Yeah, or by someone. Or by someone. Put sure. in there. Yeah. yeah who I don't saw, know. Maybe it was. I don't know. Who, who don't knows where the Who knows how where to make a legend? But. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyway, over the years, hundreds of other visitors, unfamiliar with the story, Galen Clark heard, have also reported hearing whales that come from Grouse Lake. That sound like a young child crying for help. Oh no, that's scary. Mm-hmm. All right, moving on. Oh, Next, okay. I don't know, that's that's what I got for that. Okay. The Awanechi have another tale about spirits tricking people to, to bring about their untimely demise. Oh yeah? Uh, yeah. We all, we all know waterfalls are dangerous. TLC warned us not to chase them. And yet, for some reason, us humans find their allure to be overpowering. Yeah, they're pretty. I know. I want to go over one in a log. <laughs> you do? Yeah. I, I, I don't think I Whee! want that. <laughs> and live. <laughs> okay, and live. And live to tell the tale. Right, if you can guarantee that I will be uninjured. I, I can. Mm, I can. I don't know. I have that skill. Okay. Anyway, you can keep going there. Okay. I was going to say, I don't know how many visitors to Yosemite have gotten a little too close to the uh, uh, and gone over the edge of a cliff, and I'm not going to look it up because I'd like to go there, and I don't want to have that thought in my head. Uh. I'm, I want to enjoy myself. <laughs> yeah. Um. But anyway, you know, the combination of wet rocks, rushing water, and steep drops is bad enough. But it seems that Yosemite's various falls have been getting a little supernatural assistance in, in sending sightseers to their doom. Uh-oh. Particularly at Bridal Vale Falls, but at others as well. Okay. People report that as they step closer to the edge, they start to feel, feel an insistent breeze on their back, nope. goading them forward. Nope. Or even what feels like a shove on the shoulder. Anyway, in 1926, Catherine Ames Taylor recorded the Awanachi le Awanechi legend of Pohono. Many people remark upon the capricious... I'm just reading the little story that she has. It's pretty okay. short. Many people remark upon the capricious cold wind, which, even on the warmest days, is often felt to blow in the vicinity of Bridal Vale Falls. While the white man pauses to admire the gossamer veil of spray, the Indian hurries past, face averted, a dread fear in his heart. Pohono signifies to him evil wind, and his fear of it is founded in the following myth. One soft spring day, while the women of Awani uh, were gathering grasses for basket weaving above the, top, above the top of Pohono, or as we know it, Bridal Vale Falls, one of the maidens ventured near the edge of the water to pick an overhanging grass. She stepped on a mossy rock, set there to lure her by Pohono, the evil one who inhabits the mist, oh, no. and, in a twinkling, was snatched into the falls, no. never to return. No. Her companions, horrified and fearing the same fate, hastened back to the valley to give the alarm. No. 
off. Instantly, a band of young braves sped to the foot of the falls, but no sign of the maiden was to be found. Shoot. Her spirit, with many others, was imprisoned in the water by Pohono, there to stay till she had succeeded in luring to its doom some other victim. And then, and not until then, would it be released to wander on to the home of the great spirit of the West. So that is why an Indian shudders as he feels the breath of Pohono upon him, and he hastens by, lest he be called up, called upon to pay the forfeit of some tortured spirit. She adds, um, Some ethnologists, however, interpret Pohono to mean puffing wind, a happier and no doubt more accurate interpretation. <laughs> Puffing wind. <laughs> what is that? The what? What pohono means? Oh, yeah, but puffing. What, what's a puffing wind? I don't know. It's a wind that puffs. Okay. okay. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> All right. I believe uh, yeah. it. Okay. Right. One more. One more spooky story. Yeah. This this story is about a part a park a park ranger a part of a park ranger part of a park ranger no the whole just a whole a whole park ranger okay um i was genuinely confused no i know (laughs) (laughs) that would be confusing that would make it an even spookier story Uh, yeah uh uh, working over the summer there uh, in the summer of 1998 they have that's when i was born yeah oh no one needs to know that Anyway, this person has a website called The Last Adventurer, um, which is where you can find the full version of this story, the Maya Bridged. But um, so this ranger worked in the backcountry division of the park, um, where their job was to educate visitors on like the rules and regulations of hiking and. Wait, back- did this park ranger tell this story on his own website? Yeah. Mm-hmm. <gasps> yeah. Cool. Okay. Uh, like yeah, give people like all the rules for like hiking and backpacking off in the park yeah. and also to like patrol the park and be a enforce park ranger. those rules yeah i know it'd be fun. Really fun i really want to do that yeah um and you know yeah maintain like campsites and stuff and keep people safe he says that on his first day his boss told him yosemite is a big place you're one of 15 backcountry employees for the entirety of the park if you Oof. get into trouble you have a radio Practically speaking, however, you're on your own, as it will take hours to days for us to get to you if you're in a situation. Plan accordingly. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, in early August, he was assigned to go out on a patrol in the Hetch Hetchy region of the park, up in the north of it, uh, one of the park's least trafficked areas, as much of it is 10 to 20 miles from any roads. Oh, wow. Um, as the first day of the patrol went on, and the ranger got further from civilization. He encountered fewer and fewer people on the trails, until the, by the time he made camp, there was no one else around. The next day passed, again, without seeing anybody, as, made, as he made his way down the trail, doing basic trail, maintain, and trail and campsite maintenance along the way. By noon on the third day, there was still no one else around. But he saw something up on the trail ahead. Uh-oh. At first it looked like a rock. Uh, but as he got closer, he realized that there was a crow pulling strips of something off of it, and it looked kind no, of furry. No. Um, when no. he got up to it, the ranger was relieved to find that it was only the head of a deer and not a human, as he had feared. Oh, God. Yeah. Um, but um, when... Uh, sorry. But he examined the scene more closely. Examined the scene more closely, you say? Yes. Okay. The head was fresh. 
The eyes were gone, but most of the flesh and fur were still there, and was sitting in the middle of the trail, uh, with the ground around it brushed clear and no tracks visible. He flipped the head over with his boot and found that it had been severed clean, huh. like with a knife or an axe, yeah. not with teeth or claws. Oh, okay. Um, hunting is illegal in the woods, and there were no remains of the rest of the deer nearby. Uh, he took pictures of the scene and then buried the head off the trail. Oh. About a mile on, there was something in the trail again. Or about a half mile on, there was something about in the trail again. Another deer head. This one was obviously not so fresh as the first one. There was much less flesh remaining, and it was starting to decompose. He checked around the area and found nothing else. Thirty miles from his vehicle, all he could do was take more photos and then bury this head too. Another half mile on, a third deer head. Oh my god. This one was practically just a skull, stripped clean by scavengers. Uh, He repeated the routine, buried it, and looked around, didn't find anything, and kept on walking. He kept going long after dark, not bothering to set up his tent at night, just leaning up against an old tree trunk to sleep. He didn't see any more deer parts as he hurried along the trail the next day. Uh, When he made it back to the ranger station, he made his report, but as far as anyone's aware, nothing was ever found out about it. Ew. Yeah, spooky. That is creepy. I don't know. Ugh. Hot. Uh, yeah, that's weird. <laughs> yeah, it's not something you want to see. No. Not not so not not my idea of a good time. No, me either. <laughs> so that what you got? That's what I got. Oh, that's wow. what I those got. were good. Good. I liked those. Okay. I'm glad. Yeah. Um, is there anything you want to say before uh, we close out at all? Um, no, I don't think so. Is there? Is there anything we need to talk about? Uh, no. We should do a we should do a spamoscope, shouldn't we? Yeah, I just clicked on the first one. Perfect. Um, so I'll read you the info here. Uh, it's from uh first name Incredible Steel Table. Ooh. Yeah. Uh, the email is. Lalo Corona at gmail.com. Okay. And the message is CFP Frank with a C at the end, not a like K. A, like a franc, like franc. a French, French franc. CFP Frank. Frank. Okay. Frank. Interesting. Incredible steel table. Incredible steel table. So what's a franc from or like Frank? A French currency. French or currency. It used to be before they so, adopted the euro. It's the you need to go to France to buy a new table. I, th- I mean, and I th- the incredible steel table says uh, stability and sturdiness to me. Yeah, incredible that, steel table. I think that uh, you should find yourself uh, feeling rather uh, comfortable this week. Um, you're you're stable and you're sturdy and you're uh, in your circumstances. Um, what does CFP mean? Uh, we don't need to go into it. <laughs> <laughs> if if you have ideas about what CFP stands for, uh, let that let, let let that guide you. Yeah. Uh, let's see if there's anything else fun. <laughs> oh, you didn't like the incredible steel table? 
No, I do. Okay. Well. I do. Keep talking about it. It's fun. Okay. Um, yeah. So, I mean, the incredible steel table is, is, well, the thing about it is that it's flat on the top and that it is supported from beneath. It is, it seems like it would be smooth. I wonder if the full table is made out of steel, like the legs and everything, or if it's just the surface of it. Is it stainless steel or is it just regular steel? I don't know. Yeah. Well, these are the things that you need to think about when you're, uh, when you're, uh, when you're interpreting a spamoscope. Wait, I like this one. Oh. First name, wow. virtual. What? Are you done? We're doing a double spamoscope. Well, yeah, this we've week. we've kind we, of we missed let, a week. Yeah, we've mi- yeah we've missed a couple weeks. Yeah. First name, virtual message, chips. <laughs> virtual chips. Virtual chips. <laughs> okay. Well, what does that? How does that speak to you, Carly? And what what read read the virtual read chips. the tea leaves for us. Read what? Uh, virtual chips. Um. I don't know. I really like <laughs> potato chips, so I just liked it. That's it's, no, it's good. Uh, I'm, I'm picturing someone eating potato chips while in a Zoom call, really without their camera or without their audio muted. So like they're in a really important meeting, and he's just going. <laughs> <laughs> okay, all right. Um, is so. I don't we, think the way you do. To... I think very literal. Like, oh, you yeah. need to eat potato chips in the Zoom call, and you're like, you'll feel very stable this week. In I'm, a I'm trying to, I'm trying yeah. to put some astrology juice on it. No, I know I'm bad at that, so that's why. So maybe I'm... is it tell, is telling people to indulge themselves regardless of their circumstances, or is it telling yeah. them to be conscientious? That's good. Oh, do the opposite. Probably not. Well, I mean, Virtual the message chips. is chips. The message or is chips. Is it like poker chips? And it's telling people that. Ooh, they play poker do, online. Yeah, online gambling. Oh, shoot. Don't tell anyone to gamble online. Do so, And that you'll have. Or gamble. The odds are in your favor this, for the. For the. Whatever uh, duration of time this spamoscope is valid. Yeah. I like Incredible it. Incredible steel table. Yeah, I really liked that one. But the steel table is incredible. Is this? Is it saying that the it's steel table is it's it's not credible? Things things that appear to be uh, smooth and steady are not how they appear. You can't trust the steel table. It's not credible. That's sad. Okay. Yeah, no, it's probably just incredible. Incredible in a good way. I think it's incredible in a good like, way. It's inc- yeah. All right. Well, that's all I got this week. All right. I thought it was a good one. I agree. Um, we love you all. Stay safe out there. Stay sane. Like everyone uh, ends their emails. Stay safe and sane. Stay safe. Stay sane. Uh. Uh. Well, that's all I got. So. All right. Uh, I've been Harry. I'm still Carly. And this has been... Known Unknowns. Early to rise and early to bed. At the end of his life, a man is still dead. (laughs) Because it's weird out there. Bye. Bye.